0: I uh, vowed to not become overly wrought into the emotional realm. Forget that. (laughs) I had committed myself to being dignified. I gave that up when I just gave the raspberry a moment ago. But it is indeed a privilege on so many multiple levels to be here today. As your esteemed pastor noted when I came to faith in St Paul, it was um said to me by the chairman of the deacons who was giving me a tour oh by the way, you have a you already have a youth pastor. hope that's okay and uh i said sure <laughs> yeah how how long has you been here and um it did not take but an hour, at most, talking to Pete and Bethany to be firmly convinced without a shade of duplicity or hesitation that if I had gone out on a national search for my next youth pastor, he's precisely the person I would have ended up choosing. God just cut to the chase and knew exactly what we needed to get from the ground. Moving forward from the start. And then, of course, as you're also aware, uh, Pastor Mason and his wife are from our church. Boy, we've lost a lot of people to you. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I've been so impressed with Nate over the years that I talked my daughter into marrying his older brother. way. It didn't quite work that way, but it was close. Then, of course, now here's the part where you can grab a pew or grab a rock and throw it at me whatever you want to do. Grabbing a pew would be very difficult. The guy who I never thought would be in ministry. It's kind of strange to hear Preacher who's getting up and extolling charges to the candidate and also to the church and also to himself and to the progeny sitting in the first couple of rows who may remember decades from now a couple of things. But now, today, I don't even think about it to be blunt until times like this. I surprised my son. I was in a hospital bed. That was no surprise to anyone in the family. But I was in a hospital bed, unable to preach on Sunday, a particular Sunday, and uh, I called Will up. I said, "Will, can you can you cover for me?" He happened to be in town that weekend, staying with us, and uh, he said, "Who fell through?" and there was no one. He was my first choice. But I probably shocked him. Didn't shock myself. I just hadn't updated his rule decks. How early skirmishes as the divergent minorities began to develop between us theologically or positionally or practically, ministerially, etc. at all. Gave way to the deeper understanding of extreme, total, deserved, genuine pride. And so I begin by saying, without duplicity, how those boxes are they about here? I'm really not kidding. Why don't you just have somebody bring that right up here? Thank you. Forgive me for pretending like I own this pulpit. here. I just am being awfully casual this morning. I apologize. I am extremely proud of you, Will. Leo. Working on Kaya and Cameron. We'll get there. And the call to ministry could not be more obvious to me that comes from someone who's been in active preaching ministry for nearly 40 years and at the same time a father who grew up in the same house notice I said that I said that on purpose who grew up in the same house I didn't say he grew up in the same house I did it was as much a maturation for me see I would not have ended up in the ministry if God hadn't done something bold to motivate me. He took my mom home when I was seven years old. She wasn't taking me to church because she was bitter about the church discipline that had been enacted on her sister because her sister had a child out of wedlock back in the 1950s, at J.R.B. church in Flint, Michigan. I actually was allowed to see the record of that meeting. The secretary then and now is also my aunt, another aunt, or she's retired now. But at the time I got to see the record, I was already a pastor in the state. In my opinion, the attitudes probably is what contributed most, but on paper they did everything right. And I am so extremely grateful that God did not put Will or Whitney through those same machinations. That he chose a different way to grill them up. So I do not wish to forget my daughter. And I say this most sincerely. Um, from my perch I always thought, well, I'm worried about Will. Everybody looks at Whitney and Zach and Whitney's an extremely accomplished keyboardist and Will was an extremely accomplished violinist, both classically trained at university. You know, I'm worried about willing and failing. No, 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 no. My daughter summed it up in one simple statement. I hated going trick-or-treating with him. He was cuter, and the people would give him more candy. (laughs) She's nodding her head in truth. Will has always had that indefable ability to turn on the charm without meaning to or without intending to. Except that time when he made a real stupid mistake, but by God's grace, Leah forgave him. It's a weird thing to be standing in your living room with the person you're convinced is going to be your daughter-in-law, except she's not dating your son. And uh, you say, oh, I, I think the script's in the rewrites. As soon as we get him, we'll film the rest. 1 Timothy chapter 1. But I begin with 1 Timothy chapter 3, just one phrase. The saying is trustworthy. It was a commonality. If anyone aspires, desires, yearns for, or quite literally in the Greek, works toward, the office, not the position, at the nameplate, the office that has a theological significance as to where it fits in the economy of church polity. If a person, if anyone aspires to the office of episkopos, literally in the Greek, overseer, bishop, episkopos was a very specific word, it referred to that person who administrated. I'm not trying to angle for a raise and pay for Pastor Pete, Pastor Jones. However, feel free to do so. But today, we would use that word to refer, as they used it in ancient times, for what we today call a CEO, uh, an Episcopalist was the administrational leader. That's that's one person, by the way, not a group. That's one person. And no, I wasn't trying to make a theological point for those here on the committee yesterday. Will did not always desire the office that he now has and by today, in confirmation of by you, has now ascertained. But one day, God spoke to his heart. And what God said to him is what God said to me so many years ago in Michigan. I grew up in Flint. What God has said to Pastor Jones, Pastor Nate, and to literally the millions of preachers throughout our couple of millennia in this thing called the church. It's in First Timothy chapter 1. Briefly, look with me. Verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful. It's a critical phrase. We're going to come back to it, obviously. He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service ministry. Literally, in the root of the concept. Though formerly, I was a blasphemer, persecutor, also a prosecutor, insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy. Deserving of full acceptance, Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am head of the line. I am chief. I am the foremost. I receive mercy for this reason. And he continues on. But Paul says, and he was an apostle, writing to an apostolic delegate about the coming episcopacy. Do you follow all that? It's a developing polity in the early church. I consider it stable now, but he couldn't tell it by listening to his preachers. Years ago, I had a horrible eighth grade experience. Well, I was in the public school, but I wasn't kicked around, beaten around, it was I mean, as far as school, it was the current year. I had a horrible eighth grade year. It wasn't because my home life was in turmoil, because my brothers and sisters were picking I had no brother I was an only child. My dad was at work, I was on my own. Most millennials today would call that a dream. Except I was under thirty. And so I was living there at home, no oversight, having a great time, but I had a horribly 8th grade year because I was desperately coming up and finding helpful accomplices in my public school to aid me in my quest to be a lawyer. Some were pushing to be a doctor and they saw my science. But I knew God wanted me in the ministry. I had a horrible eighth grade year. In the fall of my freshman year of high school at a place called Kobiak up in Michigan. Some of you may have heard of it. Back in 19... I surrendered. And then I had a great freshman year. Will has heard from God for his life, and he is following. He made a statement yesterday in the ordination. He said, I wanted to go to seminary. But it was followed up with one of the most unorthodox statements you, you just do not hear from most candidates. I, I have no aspiration toward ministry. I wanted to go to seminary. I knew guys who did just the opposite. They didn't have time to waste on cemetery. They needed to get out there hair burning until they spent everything they had in about 30 That's another story. I thought that was very flush with truth and honesty. God called it. You see, there's an interesting phrase here, and I've already scuttled my outline already. Truth of the matter is, I probably never had time with everything I hope that was on my heart to develop this like I should. But the exuberance of ministry comes through. The exuberance of gratitude. I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus our Lord. He judged me faithful. An exuberant gratitude and an exuberant goal both come forward appointing me to his ministry, his service, his church work. And so, I believe everyone who is worth their salt in ministry has heard the clarion call of this scripture verse and said, I desire the good work. I aspire to this noble ascension. And over the centuries, over the millennia, particularly With the breakthrough of the Reformation as Anabaptists, which gave way to Baptists and other groups. By the way, if you ever watch television and you see something on the Amish or the Brethren and you go, hey, don't laugh too hard. 400 years ago you were all of the exact same stock. Don't think yourself more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Just because you don't use electricity doesn't make you superior. I used electricity when I was a kid. I said, what would happen with a closed circuit if I just put tweezers, both ends, into the electrical socket? I found out what a closed circuit was. I also found out what an open hand was when my dad came rushing in the bathroom. I thank God. And notice he doesn't say that he placed me that, that phraseology is used elsewhere in Scripture. But he said, he found me faithful. In other words, I aspired, I worked, I prayed, and God said, yes, now you're in tune with me. That's how it's always supposed to work. Uh, Look, I have great respect for guys. I I went to seminary with a particular guy, brilliant, 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 smart as a whip. he got great grades. That was not the issue. He graduated from seminary in my class and then shocked all of us. We asked, well, what's next? Are you entering somewhere? Are you joining up in a ministry? What's going on? He said, no, I made my application this morning to the University of Minnesota Law School. I am convinced I'd ruin a church and never went in ministry. You know, I respect that because he understood from the start this wasn't true about him. I have seen more men do damage to local works because they never belonged there from the start. You have entered into a pact with my son. Whether you realize it or not, with the raise of hand, You were swearing to the court, not of public opinion, but of the throne room of God. You do understand that, right? You just took an oath saying, We will always be there for Him. That's your duty now. That's your duty. He brought the exuberance, he brought the education. you brought the affirmation. Which is the way it's supposed to work. Notice what it goes on to say. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful. Sorry, I keep getting a little emotional. It says, I thank him who has given me strength kind of losing mine but it's perfect timing as every seed he ascends uno dos tres I am Hispanic my mom is just pure Irish My mom literally had Kaya's red hair, blue eyes. Because he judged me faithful for me a service, though formerly I was an idiot. Now it doesn't say that, but he was. He thought I was doing God a service by killing other Christians. But then he sums it up correctly. But I received mercy. Why? Because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. I was an idiot. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That's pretty much where the context ends. It's pretty much where the context ends as far as Paul's brief meteor shower personal gratitude for all this and a paycheck too or in his case right now all this and a stoning too and as Pastor Ring pointed out it can be both and it will be both you saw me take some lumps well I think yours will probably be bigger for the reasons your father-in-law cited. We're entering into a new phase in our world where the world thinks it's one, and they only think that because they have. Temporarily. The Bible teaches us that we are about ministry, all of us, whether we are ordained or for whatever reason. As long as we are members of a church we are in ministry and your duty to this local church is to follow your pastor with loyalty as long and I don't worry about this it doesn't keep me up at night for a moment loyal to the scriptures and to remember that you took upon yourself a commitment my home church, which did not ordain me, they licensed me because they didn't have the opportunity to ordain me, and my pastor desperately wanted in on something. I don't blame him. He was the single most influential person in educating me for ministry. Roy Shelton, don't know if any of you know him, did. One of the toughest things was burying him. Buried most of my life. A guy by the name of Brody played for the San Francisco 49ers. This was at the early days of the million-dollar contracts. The press were all about him, snapping the photographs, and one of the extremely wise sports press asked why, uh, why now you a multi-million dollar player going out and holding up the football for field goals and after points? Without hesitation he goes, well, I guess if I didn't, it'd fall over. Very simple reason. Somebody needs to step up and do the job. That's what Episcopas They lead by serving. When they see the football is going to fall over, they hold it up on their toe. And they don't think too much about the fact that they might get kicked in the gut accidentally lot for doing so. But that's ministry. Ministry is loving sheep. I thank God that he has counted me faithful through the person of Jesus Christ. Counted me faithful to minister. By now, if you've been in a local church for any length of time, you've already figured out there is very, very little that separates you and me as human beings, because I'm a pastor, that doesn't make me somehow a superhuman or a subgenome. I wasn't born out of the room with a red cape, a red ass across my chest, going super servant. There is very little, if any, difference. Except for the accounting of gifts, yes. God gives gifts. One of the gifts that you definitely now possess is the gifts of helps. My associate pastor says he has a gift of second helps at fellowships. But you have the opportunity to exercise the gift of encouragement to Will and Leo. Why? Because I can promise you, not because of who they are, but because of who they minister among. They'll need it. Every day. If a preacher is lucky, God gives him strength to do this service 40 years, 50 years. But a vapor. But a vapor. Congratulations, Will. I don't say that because I'm proud of you. I say that because you've earned the education you've gotten. I know, as we talked about many times, many of the professors, I was trained by many professors you were. I know how hard it is to evoke those grades from their pen, but you did. I'll tell you now publicly you exceeded your dad in a couple of those classes. But any of you who's a father knows that's not painful for a moment. Not even for a second. Oh, and I think my wife had something to do with it too along the way. I'll reflect more on that and get back with you. If it wasn't for her, Will's testimony would be I grew up in an absentee parent family. Why? Because I was off doing the ministry. It's a shame that you learn some of the greatest parenting truths at times like this. May God grant you grace in what you do.